0: <laughs> I'm glad we could all come to an agreement on a very important decision.
1: <laughs>
0: well, I'm
2: I'm a little disappointed in the two of you. I know profoundly disappointed. Yeah, it's not the first know. time I heard that today. <laughs> <laughs> n- n- nor Brian
0: nope nope uh, not this week i've heard that a couple of times different people
2: uh yeah so so in the early 80s willie nelson and julio iglesias had a song to all the all the girls i've loved before and and i could like weird al yankovic that song and make it all the girls i've disappointed before
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is, is playing Weird Al in, a, in an upcoming movie. Yes. Dude, I
2: saw that. Okay, so, so guys like Jared Reiser, um, who, who has been on the show, he's a mul- multiple-time guest and co-host.
0: The Segundo. Um,
2: the, he is the Segundo. And he loves Weird Al Yankovic, not with irony, but loves him. Okay. And I, 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 saw the previews for that movie, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and it looked pretty great. And, and did he really date Madonna? I didn't that know that. Weird Al, Weird Al, and not, not Jared.
3: <laughs> Neither are, are confirmed. So,
4: we'll, we we'll
1: wait. We'll leave that for the tabloids. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh boy! Here we go. Do the right thing. And and, and, and you say our, and you say our numbers aren't increasing.
2: You like this song?
0: I do like the song. I like it better when it when I can really hear it.
3: It's the 21st century boombox right there.
2: Howdy. This is the Managing Expectations podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Winger. With me as always, the aide de camp, Brian Grimm. Howdy, Brian.
0: Hey, Jeff. Good afternoon.
2: And also, nephew Paul. Howdy, Paul. Howdy, cool, Uncle Jeff. All right. Here we are. Back at it. Regaining momentum. Oh, sure. We had a bit of a slump, but we're back, baby.
0: We're approaching a uh, flywheel status where it's just self-sustaining and just cruising and doing what it needs to do.
2: So listening to some back episodes, I couldn't help but notice that a laugh that I used to think was kind of manly and fun now it first of all starts out as raspy, then tubercular, and then ends up thuggish. Her, her, her. Uh, that's my laugh. Uh, if, if I'm giving notes, I would also say there are times when I'll ask Brian a question, and he answers like a mafia, uh, a mafia person, personage, uh, meeting before a house subcommittee on on organized crime and racketeering or something. So it'll be like uh so Brian, how do you think your wife's dress
4: made her look? And he'll go, I
2: I have no comment. <laughs> he leans into the microphone. <laughs>
0: I yeah. I I realized that I I didn't wasn't necessarily doing that intentionally, but then I caught myself doing it and I thought it was hilarious. So I decided to keep it up. (laughs) Actually, I think it's hilarious too.
2: And then I also I also noticed a little bit of hey, we've actually got an English guy on. Let me tell him. Everything I know about England and see if he's right. <laughs> <laughs> and every, every, you know and, every, and people love that. Yeah. like I've read James Baldwin, so and Thomas Soul. So um, like, for example, black friends love it when I inveigh on the black experience in America because. Who who better than you know a sensitive bright guy who's you know some, some somewhere around the Kelsey grammar level of whiteness to explain the situation the the, the, the lived experience?
1: Yeah,
2: I'm I'm sure it's appreciated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Speaking of the, speaking of the English, con, the, the the English
3: experience. I you are going to say the English condition. <laughs> That's where <laughs> I thought that would go. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: like wasn't, the that
0: human a, wasn't that a movie <laughs> with uh, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas, Kirsten Scott Thomas, and uh, Ray Fiennes? The English, English condition. Oh yeah, he had a condition.
2: <laughs> was that was that like a psoriasis that he had? I never saw that movie.
3: I can't remember now.
2: But it was before you were born,
3: Paul. Well, yeah, I've seen it. It was an Oscar-winning movie. It was a good movie. It's about this guy. He crash lands, doesn't he? And then she takes care of him. She's like the. I don't what her role role in it was initially? Now,
0: now was was Kathy Bates in that one, or am I thinking of a totally different movie? Yeah, and she won't let Ray
2: Fines leave until she writes. He writes her a new, a new uh, story. Yeah, about the character misery. I was, no, he's just got
3: bad. He's just badly burned. He's not got anything else. Yeah. Just, his skin then, is melted. That's the, that's the issue. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So you see him in bandages, and that was my psoriasis joke.
3: Yeah. Also, you, you to up. get my
2: whiteboard? You want me to get my whiteboard and diagram that joke for you guys? If you
3: could, that'd be great. We can put that on the. Uh, can put that on the Twitter feed.
2: You know what I was thinking? You know what? What could actually drive some uh, traffic to the website is if we put up photos every week. Like I, I recently. Um, well, I, I recently returned to Denver with a lot of family photos. And uh, there, there was one in my baseball uniform, and I've got some hair on me, boys. What 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 uh, what age were you? Hmm, I wasn't driving yet, so I don't know, fourteen, maybe as late as fifteen. But I actually thought I was fatter. I wasn't as fat as in this picture as I thought I was as I. Like I was okay. So anyway, we we're talking about um, not the English condition, but the English experience. And um, so, with the death of Queen Elizabeth Windsor, um, Paul, your your people uh, stood in a line. Well, and how? Do you have anything you want to tell us about that?
3: Um <clears throat> The British art of viewing it's a difficult one to to really explain, but any opportunity British people get when they come to queue, they just actually come into a line of some sort um uh, behind something, whatever it is um and even if like you know you go to a fast food restaurant and there's obviously several different servers the the Brits will be in one line because that's what that's what we like to do for safe um it's, okay, so uh,
2: there's different cashiers. Instead of just yeah. going to
3: the next open cashier, they'll wait in the one line. And Exactly. Um, and that was highlighted by everyone queuing to see the uh, Queen Elizabeth um, coffin at Westminster. So they estimate got to almost five miles at one point, snaking, snaking four. Um, it was taking people, I think, at the peak, something between 12 and 14 hours from the start of the queue to actually see the coffin in Westminster Abbey uh, so yeah it was in- incredibly long um, but we see it everywhere see, it's funny whatever we used to and it, it is uniquely British because I remember when we used to go on vacation um, you know Europe's right on the doorstep and we regularly go to places like you know Spain or um, Greek islands for example you couldn't wait for a bus and you could tell the Brits because they would be there in an orderly queue at the bus stop and then no one else would be there. But then when the bus would arrive out of bushes and the cafes, or wherever else, all the locals would come straight out and just barge past all of the Brits and straight onto the bus. To <laughs> so the absolute consternation of all the Brits at the uh, complete uh, lack of uh, any sort of manners whatsoever. But uh, yeah, it is, it is hilarious.
2: I say bloody pushy. <clears throat> see this is my experience um okay so so i have a friend who lived in london and he was uh texting me uh hot takes about the queen sorry um and perhaps we perhaps i should be crystal clear i think that elizabeth windsor is uh, an extraordinary uh political figure okay over you know, what, she, she was queen for 70 years, for heaven's sake. I mean, she and she actually like sat down and talked to the prime ministers and, and all of that. Um, and so, I mean, no disrespect, um, but it it's not an institution that I'm I, you know, I mean, look, if I was born there, I'm sure I would, you know, be deferential to the queen, but as an American, it just didn't make any sense to me at all. And uh, and her family is truly horrible. <laughs> um, you know the whole, you know, and and uh, uh King King Charles, right? King Charles the Trey.
3: Yep. Yep. Hoping to do slightly better than the previous two Charles's. That's for sure.
2: Is one of them Bonnie? Well, which okay. one did Cromwell
3: kill? The first one. Yeah. Uh, so, Charles I? Yeah. Charles I got um, managed to completely, pretty much destroy what was the monarchy at that time and the power that they had and led to effectively the, the democratic secular society that Britain became, for having an elected parliament rather than a, a king rule. And then Charles II oversaw the Great Fire of London and the plague.
2: Over so white?
3: The Great great Fire of London and the plague. Yeah. So yeah, Charles the Third just needs to not get beheaded or oversee another plague, and he should be okay. He'll be he'll be known as the best Charles.
2: (laughs) Well we'll see. And then (laughs) and then his his oldest son, I mean people like him fine, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think everyone seems to pretty much like him. Everyone has kind of come back around on Charles and charles now after the diana stuff everyone kind of blamed him and didn't like him as because of the way he acted there um but over time time has really re- rehabilitated and nothing else um, anything special um but yeah i think it's it is something uniquely very unique to to britain um I wouldn't necessarily think of myself ever as a royalist, but it was a, a momentous occasion when she did die because she's been there for, as the head of, technically head of state for a, not only all of my life, but pretty much all of all of my parents' lives. Uh, most of my grandparents' lives are in their yeah. the late 80s. So she is an institution. And I think she's, I think everyone kind of relates to how she, what she'd been through in her life, if that makes sense, all of the various scandals or tragedies and stuff that they had to deal with. so she did it she did it in a very British way with a lot of stoicism and you know in the way that that, that many would like to be. Um, so we'll see. There's a lot of talk of the royal family reforming with with Charles at, at the helm, but we'll see what happens.
2: Brian, do you have any follow-up questions to this No, no, I don't.
0: it is hilarious, <laughs> just hilarious. um no here's the thing like when it when it comes to the monarchy um uh, yeah it's just it's just not my thing mm-hmm. i have an appreciation for it to a, an extent wow. that um that uh, from a historical standpoint there's some pretty interesting people and interesting things that have happened yeah. but uh i, I just i no offense, Paul, I just don't give it too much
3: attention. It's no offense taken. <laughs> I just don't give it.
2: I just don't pay too much attention. Um, so, uh, so I was thinking. Somebody asked me if I watched the funeral. <laughs> no, and 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 then and then I started thinking. You know, you know, um, I remember when Charles and Diana were married, and oh my goodness televisions were just I mean people were just glued to their TVs to watch you know this fairy tale wedding and uh, that would have been what like 80 80 yeah I don't
3: know
2: yeah I don't know early 80s Yeah. and um yeah I didn't watch that either I mean it's honestly just had zero effect on my life the closest it got to affecting me was when the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen outside the British Museum said that she worked for the Queen, and I said, "The Queen of what?" <laughs> uh, 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 uh,
3: uh, brilliant.
2: <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure she had a fine life.
3: Anyway. Um, you, you literally fought a whole Revolutionary War not to care about the Royal Family. So I'm surprised right. it kind of passed much water over here at all, to be honest. And yet there were a lot who were interested. Um, I thought it was most fascinating that the big NFL kickoff game, LA Rams versus the Buffalo Bills, they held a minute's silence before it. They did? Respect- yeah. Okay. So that's. that's uh, that made no I'm, sense to me. And that, that's as a Brit.
0: <laughs> Hang on. Yeah. Brian, that's pan- Brian's coming in hot. That's pand that's Good. pandering. That I mean Roger Goodell wants to expand the NFL so bad to London he can hardly stand it. And this is this that was all about that. I'm I'm certain.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm
2: sure. Well, I want to come back to that because that doesn't make any sense. Sure uh, it does. Uh, it's, it's it's four time zones out of New York, right?
3: Three. It is, but they've got, is it five or six international games, three of which are in England, one in Germany, and one in Mexico this year. Yeah. Which is the most ever, I think, outside, and the first time in Germany for a regular Okay, season.
2: well, Mexico loves the NFL, and they especially love the Dallas Cowboys, okay? So the, the Dallas Cowboys are North America's team.
3: Yes. <laughs> which, is why, which is why the NFL sending the Arizona Cardinals this year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, yeah huh that's interesting
3: Still on the border
2: <laughs> and then you would think you would think there would be enough germans to get behind an nfl team
3: there's a there's there is actually a big following in germany um not quite big the UK, and I guess probably because of the military bases they had in the U, that the US have having oh, Germany right. that influence. But I remember when I worked for German-owned companies and have spoke to, spoke to colleagues over there, and sort you know talking about the weekend. And yeah, we we'd be talking about the NFL, and they're, they're very knowledgeable. Um, so yeah, it's 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 surprising, and give the NFL credit; they're turning themselves into a global brand. This you know sport that is exclusively Belongs to North America. that likes to call its champion the world champion. Um, is doing a great job of marketing itself worldwide. Honestly, because they sell out these games so quick, it's unbelievable.
2: Well, actually, I meant the Germans like to see somebody get punched in the mouth. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but these are still these are still s- soccer. Stock soccer strongholds. So uh, I would think
3: yes. that this is gonna be a hard inside. Not not for the UK public. The UK public have been ready for a team for quite a while. They they would have one, and that's why they use Jacksonville as the default home team at least once a year, every year. They're they're the one team that guarantees. And what I think is really interesting when one of the Premier League teams, Tottenham Hotspur, based in London. They built a new stadium, and what they did was they built it purposely for soccer and the NFL. So they have a retractable pitch that goes out the soccer field, and then they bring up from below the pitch the NFL field, and they have changing rooms for soccer and for NFL. They've deliberately built it that way um, in the hope that if a team does go to the UK, their stadium could be used.
2: Tottenham Hotspur yeah by the way that's spelled Tottingham
0: if anybody wants to look it up yeah I, I always thought like a retractable pitch was kind of like a yo-yo that you like with a, a ball attached to a, <laughs> to a rope that you throw it and then it comes right back
3: that would be a lot more interesting if they did how it like <laughs> someone, someone winding up the giant elastic band ready to ping it out of the stage <laughs>
2: Okay, so back to a queue. Like uh, Brits love a good queue. Yeah. Uh, which uh, my, my my friend uh, Dave, the economist, was me. He said, he said he hates that word because it's the letter Q and it's four worthless cousins. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: that.
2: He's not wrong. Uh, we say standing in line. So
4: in New York, don't
0: they say stay online? That sounds like an East Coast thing that doesn't it, make it much seems, sense. It sounds like an East Coast thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, what I've what I've noticed lately with Americans is that is that uh, for the most part we hate lines and really don't like standing in them. And they're just a lot more comfortable standing in like collective circles. Uh, or standing in like a big bubble. And then when the thing is ready for everybody to go, everybody then just pushes forward and, and tries to get in there. Uh, like like what do you think? When have you seen that? Like like boarding an airplane. If it's not if it's not if you're not flying on Southwest, people don't stand in line. They all kind of hang around in, in large and in, as this ever expanding group. Mm-hmm. And okay,
2: yeah. well, some of that's the airline's fault because i mean they they don't um, they don't just say all right so now we're going to board the first class cabin uh then they do the executive air air mile program club members and then we'll do well, first we're going to do executive platinum and then we'll do platinum and then we'll do pretty decent and if anybody in uniform and then anybody with the baby or anybody that could, might become pregnant and then <laughs> anybody in a wheelchair i mean so it, it just it, it, it's ridiculous i mean they don't they don't i mean look i'm i'm all for making some exemptions or exceptions exceptions um you know somebody people who need a little extra time i don't think you ought to you know <laughs> make make an old lady with a walker you know, have to have to go down with the rest of the everybody else. Take her down. It's fine. But yeah, that's the airlines brought that on themselves. I was going to say, and this is thirty years old, but when we were in when we were in uh, the Baltic states, so Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, and then uh, Kiev, Ukraine. We found, okay, so this is a thing. And, and it's, I probably at the time was just calling everybody Russian or Eastern Europeans. And there probably are differences, but it was especially pronounced in Ukraine, which in spite of recent developments, I mean, there are similarities between ukraine and russia okay anyway they all had been under the grossly inefficient soviet system for you know 70 years so this is what they would do they would stand in line very orderly and then as soon as there was any action the slightest movement at the at the window or whatever we were waiting in line for, it, it became a mosh pit. I mean, everybody just like, I mean, they, they brought the house. They, everybody just runs up and mobs the place and order falls apart. I hate that. So as an American, I must say, I admire the British for standing in line. I do too. Right? Yeah, I do too. Brian and I are law and order guys.
4: Big time. is that another jimmy
3: smith's show
0: <laughs> speaking of law and order <laughs> i think law
2: and order was the one show jimmy smith's wasn't on in the uh, 90s and a lot. he was in uh, memphis justice uh, <laughs> and uh, he was in nypd blue
3: He's got something new coming up because it came up on the uh, when I was watching the football this week, and it's another cop show, sticking to the classics. East New York, that's what it's called. Chief John Suarez. So, we know, it. yeah. So we know what's uh, what's going to be on the uh, family film night in the Grim household going forwards.
0: <laughs> Brian, you know what? Night, record, that yeah, record season. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the Dem- the Denver Broncos play at Wembley Stadium this year. Uh, they, Ooh, play- nice. the- well, the- they play. Nice. play against the home team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, Jacksonville has been designated as as the the home team for like five years or something like that. So,
2: yeah. Is that because if any team gets from America it's probably going to be Jacksonville
3: (laughs) Jacksonville gets more fans in London than they do in Duval so (laughs) that's probably why although uh, judging by the way the Broncos have started I would uh, I'd rather be Jacksonville in that situation (laughs) shots fired
0: (laughs) hmm okay thanks for your input soccer boy yeah Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd love to talk about Tottenham Hotspur for a moment, but I just, again, like the monarchy, don't care.
3: (laughs) That works. I couldn't care. That's about Tottenham.
2: You know, you know, have we, have we, have we talked about relegation though? I do think that like now that's like on my radar all of a sudden, that is like the best thing I've ever heard. I mean, I'm so sick and tired of like only having one football game on and it's two bad teams you know by the end of this <laughs> like okay, the Cowboys so like- and Bengals
3: last Sunday <laughs> 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 I almost went out with that bad? <laughs> no but it's, it's a, and, and, and interestingly on, on that topic of relegation I was listening to a sports podcast a few weeks ago and they were talking about how they actually felt it would really help the sport of baseball get more interesting hmm. if these owners who you know And I'm sure you see it probably in a lot of other American sports. I don't know. But in baseball, it seems to be a real problem. These owners that just don't spend any money on the team, just take the money from the fans, the networks, get rich off it and put out a terrible, terrible team season after season. Whereas if they were to potentially get relegated, then all of a sudden there's more of an incentive to actually spend money on the team, try and develop the team and actually win games consistently.
2: Billy. We're a small-market team with a small-market budget, and I'm asking you to be okay with that.
3: Yeah, the Oakland A's should definitely get relegated.
2: (laughs) Well, the the Oakland A's usually are playing over their – I mean, they punch above their weight, right? I mean, they're usually competitive,
3: right? But isn't that guy now – he's not there anymore, right? Didn't he go to the Red Sox or something?
2: no, like, no. Oh, he could have which was like made, was like, like the most like poignant scene of uh Moneyball. i love that movie so much yeah very good
0: no he's actually he's actually helping um so he has he still has a, a title in oakland um Special vice president of operations, or something like that, if I remember correctly. But uh, but I think that he's he's assisting run Manchester United.
3: No, no, I would know that because that is my soccer team.
0: <laughs> What's sure. the Newcastle
2: team? Newcastle. What like Newcastle? <laughs> Newcastle United. I'm a Newcastle man because I like the brown ale when I drank. Uh,
4: okay.
2: Does, does Scotch have does, does does Scotch have a team?
3: <laughs> Not one. I think it's just every Scottish team.
0: So Billy Bean, um, uh, he regarded. Arsenal's former manager, Arsene Wenger. Probably a
2: great leader with the last name Wenger.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, And so he was in discussions with Wenger. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let me see here. So he he
2: good, good preparation, Brian.
0: Well, I didn't realize we were going to talk about this. So so he he's a part owner of he's a part owner of Barnsley Football Club. That's it, Barns, Barnsley,
2: Barns,
4: Barnsley Football Bonsley. Club,
3: Barnsley. Yeah, it's up in Yorkshire. One of the that's, lower, the, lower, North, lower that's the North of. Country, isn't it? That's it. Yeah. So. Um, Northern, Northern England In the Yorkshire area That team is in about the second I think tier of English football Or third, might be the third Yeah Is is that
2: the Same geo- geographical area That Downton Abbey Takes place?
3: Uh, yeah, so Downton Abbey would be slightly south Of that in Derbyshire Derbyshire slash Yorkshire is kind of on the border
2: Okay, so this is why we need you to act more like an American as soon as possible. You are so sincere (laughs) and earnest today. Telling us all about the 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 home of poets and kings, that shining dot in the frothy ocean, (laughs) England, and you know, You know, by the way, the chicks listening who who just tune in for you, Paul, this is like the best episode ever. Know too it's like a special, Paul. You know what this is? This is like this is like when this is like when the thing and the human torch get knocked out, and the invisible girl has to carry both the day.
0: Yeah, I was thinking the same thing.
2: <laughs> i'm such a jerk <laughs> uh,
3: brilliant. Pause, pause,
0: pause for protests <laughs> anyhow
2: uh uh anyway relegation yeah i i think it makes i makes it makes sense in a lot of things um you know this is what you're playing for um you know and in size and stuff um uh, again i and maybe i've mentioned this before but there's that there's that show with Brian reynolds and the guy from Oh uh, It's sunny in philadelphia mm-hmm. uh they bought they bought that welsh team yeah um right. it's interesting you know let's see let's see if you know like I, there there was a good line that that was in the uh, it was in the trailer it's like I've got I think the guy's name's Rob McElhenney and he says uh, I've got TV money but we need movie money <laughs> <laughs> and we needed Marvel superhero movie money and that's when I thought of Ryan Reynolds <laughs> who's Canadian right so he was fine with, with uh, I don't know, I don't know Kind of an interesting experiment. I'm surprised George Clooney hasn't bought one, but it's probably not
3: grand enough. Maybe, uh, maybe he'll get one in uh, Lake Como, Italy, which is where he likes to reside, isn't it? So maybe he'll get one of those teams. It will be a bit easier.
0: Have you have you seen um, a soccer matches at some of the big stadiums, Paul?
3: Yeah. So. <clears throat> Genuinely, being a Manchester United fan, I was able to go to some games at that stadium. So that whole site, I think it's just over 76,000 people.
2: Okay, can I ask something? Would Manchester be comparable to like Chicago? It's a little rougher, a little grittier, a little more industrial. Yeah, definitely. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Chicago's not industrial the same way like Pittsburgh or Detroit was, but it's certainly a big, rough,
3: gritty city, right? And that, yeah, that's, fair, right? that's 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 come up and and had a lot of had a lot of power and influence back in the day. Maybe not something. It's definitely on the wane now. In comparison, obviously, London is where everything happens. But Manchester and, and then Birmingham really are the two, the next two big cities for, for sure.
2: And that's, and, and those are the cities where the industrial Revolution. Geez, nice. <laughs> the industrial Revolution. that's where they had that it. That was John. <laughs> the industrial revolution
3: uh, started, right? The, yeah. Yeah. Steam engine and- that's it. And, and both of them building, building canals that sort of were at the time, game changers, but um, for, for both cities, for Manchester, it helped um, supplant Liverpool as the main docks. It meant they, they, they could take, their goods and services further inland which then made it easier to get get them across to other parts of the country so liverpool was one of the big hubs and then manchester built their canals and uh, and took over and so as a result ironically there was a huge rivalry between the two cities generally but especially between the football clubs of those cities so mm-hmm. the fans genuinely dislike each other
0: and, and and manchester's had some success over the years but has kind of struggled Recently, is that right? Yes,
3: yeah, so they had a, a legendary coach called Sir Alex Ferguson, and he basically—they'd been a big club in the 50s and 60s, and then they are on the wane for the 70s and 80s. And then when he came in in the early 90s, from that period all the way to he retired in 2013, they won everything multiple times. So they—they took—they got got in at the right time. They got to take advantage of all the, the new TV, new media that was coming in and th- pumping money into the club, and they managed to kind of. Kind of maintain that. I think that they usually come up in the top five of Forbes' most expensive franchises in the world, behind like the, the Yankees and Cowboys and Real Madrid in Spain. So yeah, they're uh, and they're owned by the Glazers family, who own the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, much hated owners in England, it's got to be said. Hmm.
0: So, so Wait. what's what's the difference between Man U and Man City?
3: Um. Just the fact that they're two different teams, um, okay. both in the same same city, yeah. Uh, but that, that's it, different ownerships. You see that a lot. So Liverpool has two teams, Liverpool and Everton. Uh, Birmingham has several teams. London has several teams. Um, I think because of the way a lot of these clubs started, so Manchester United, as an example, started off as Newton Heath in the late 1800s, which was the railway workers. Um, and that's how a lot of these started. They were started off by... Um, unions, because it was you know the blue collar sport, as it was, so a lot of them did really. Mm. oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: yeah well, s- similar to the NFL I mean, you yeah. y- y- you look a- and see where it it started. it started in um, uh, the the industrial north and went around the great Lakes, Great Lakes, right, which is the only reason in the world why Green Bay would have. Team because it's not, Green Bay is not a big town. It's not, it's not even the biggest town in uh, Uh, Wisconsin. mm
3: -hmm. Um, Yeah.
2: It's the second biggest town in
3: Wisconsin. If the NFL was looking to move a team somewhere, they would never think to move one to Green Bay, Wisconsin, would they? No. If if, if they were starting a new one now, for example. Yeah. No,
2: but but it's got to be an incredibly uh, expensive property. And that has the weird ownership thing because it's owned by
0: this People of Green Bay, too. So, um, who's who's the most famous player from Manchester United in history? Well, I David mean, like, Backham. like,
3: yeah. In terms of celebrity, it would be David yeah. Beckham. Um, in terms of actual football ability, uh, it would be. For, for me, as a United fan, it would be either George Best from the 60s. He was like one of the most amazing players ever. Retired at 28 because of, unfortunately, other issues, um, too many voices. Um, and then probably it was the 60s. The Lighten one. up, Alice. And then, and then probably Cristiano Ronaldo was the other one um, that I that I got to see. He he was the by far and away probably the best player I've ever seen live. He was just phenomenal in his pomp.
0: Have you been to an NFL game?
3: Uh, so I've only ever been to a preseason game in uh, in Dallas, and that was quite a few years ago. Um, I don't I don't even think the starters played in that one. Um, but yeah, that was like a hundred dollars just to go see that. And then yeah. I think a friend of mine went um, last season to the the season opener against Philadelphia, and he paid three hundred and fifty dollars for his tickets, which were about two thirds of the way up. So uh, yeah, that probably won't be happening anytime soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not here anyway. Maybe maybe one of the other cities, but I would like to. Definitely.
0: I'm I'm just curious about the uh, the atmosphere. I mean, a, a preseason game can be can be pretty fun. A preseason NFL game can be pretty fun, but it's I think it's I'd say it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. i
2: they not
3: playing for anything. It's exhibition. Uh, yeah. I think soccer games are more rowdy in the sense that there's a lot more uh, chanting. There's a lot more creative chants that go into it. It's not just, you know, defense and offense can, can or you, whatever.
2: Can you tell us, like, can you, can you,
3: can you relay, like, one of those chants? Um, let me try and think of one that doesn't can, won't give us the explicit rating. Um,
2: well, <laughs> a lot so that of them would, like, that a, would a count lot out of everything like, at a Raiders game.
3: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. A lot of them are done to popular songs. They literally will make a song about a player or an opposing team. Um, like, for example, one of the popular ones at Old Trafford for Manchester United is um, build a bonfire, build a bonfire, put um, the Scousers on the top, put Man City in the middle and we'll burn the in lot." Laugh. <laughs> so it's things thing like that. And they'll just sing that, you know, all season, around Christmas time, they'll have certain ones about, you know, favourite players. One of, one of the icons back in the day was a guy called Eric Cantona and they'll sing... Um, uh, what is it 12, 12 days of Christmas or whatever it is to the tune of Eric Cantonar and all the things they love about Eric Cantonar. um so yeah, a lot a lot of derogatory songs about the posing fans and if a Welsh team comes to play, there's a lot of songs about sheep going on and um, what the the Welsh fans might do with those sheep um, so, including inflatable sheep that get brought to the game and thrown <laughs> around. So yeah, it's' we'll it's <laughs> what we call banter there's a lot of banter a lot of football banter. Yeah,
0: banter. <laughs> you know what you call it. Yeah. Yeah, banter is something a little bit more uh, light in this country but uh, <laughs> I think I I think I'm getting what you're saying. <laughs> um that's that's interesting. I've 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 seen, you know, I've seen, you know, highlights on TV from some of the soccer matches in Europe and and it, it looks like it looks like way more fun in person than, than an NFL game here in the States. It just, it looks it, like it, a great time.
3: Interestingly as well, it's just as good in Europe. We went to, we went to Portugal a few years ago and we decided to go watch a soccer match last minute. And it was a Friday night and it was, it's a big team Porto, uh, One of the top teams in Portugal. And it only cost us like, I'd say around $8, $9 to go to the game. We could see it on the near the, near the, near the field um so it's pretty affordable in europe as well um england it's not you know it's a bit more corporate now with the premier league being such a big deal but to go see my local team coventry which i would do it would cost maybe 25 dollars for the tickets um for good seats so yeah it's still generally pretty affordable um the top level maybe not so much as it used to be but yeah, it's just it's still cheaper than a, a top tier yeah, level NFL game, but you get a lot mm-hmm. more games. So you know they can't afford to to it. how them.
2: many how many games in a season.
3: Uh, so in matches, the league
2: matches matches
3: in the season in the league season there's thirty eight, but you also have a lot of what we call cup competitions, kind of like side competitions. So you have the main league in each country. You then have um, several different. Levels of European competition, depending on where you finished in your league, there's um, national competitions as well, separate to the league season. So they estimate if they played potentially every single game, they could play between 60, I think it's much 60 to 70 games a season. Uh, if they get all the way in the competitions. Yeah,
2: Brian, how much are uh, Major League Baseball games uh, to go to? I mean, you, you can't go that twenty-five bucks cheap, can you?
0: No, I'd say probably an average ticket is probably around forty to fifty dollars for a Rockies ticket. Um,
2: so that's a not great team at a at a nice ballpark.
0: Uh, yeah, and and it's it's interesting going back to what Paul was saying about owners that don't want to spend money on the team is that. The Montforts have not i mean they've they've taken a couple of big swings on some free agents over the years and haven't done well um and uh have have just really signed free agents that have either gotten injured or were on the tail end of their contract or tail end of their of their prime and uh just were not able to live up to their contracts and so what they've done is that they've turned Coors Field into a destination um where I mean, I think we'll do three million in attendance this year, um, and uh, you know that they'll have thirty thousand people there every single night. Um, but the but the product Are they there
2: is there to not play ski ball and not and not watch a ball game.
0: They're there to hang out and and enjoy, you know, enjoy the weather. The the ballpark is positioned in a way where they get they get great sunsets. I mean, listen, I know that I'm talking a lot about nature here, but but. And, and how awesome Denver is! And how awesome Denver is! But but the truth but is, at least is that I've
2: heard of both of those things. Unlike every player that just came out of Paul's mouth, <laughs> with the exception of
0: David Beckham, which you said first. <laughs>
2: yeah, um,
0: and and, uh, and and so they. I had to
2: spot him, David Beckham.
0: <laughs> and so they, you know, they've they they put in like a this rooftop bar that that people are crazy about that you've got a great view of the city and the mountains and, and, you know, young, hip people go and hang out. They put in this place called McGregor square with bars and restaurants and like mixed use um, real estate. That's is, everybody's crazy about it. Um, And so they've, they've invested not in the players, but in the, in the overall experience and they're making a ton of money from it. So they think, well, yeah. If the team happens to be good, bonus. But this is this is the product that we're gonna put out there. Okay, well that sounds horrible. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? I might have underestimated those those ticket prices a bit. I'd say they're probably close to around 70 bucks a ticket average price.
2: Wow. Okay, so you're talking about going to a Dave and Busters with a nice sunset with a $70 <laughs> cover chart this is what I'm hearing
0: well I don't know if I would I would loop Dave and Buster's into that what did they what did they do
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just yeah I wouldn't uh, make it, that that don't make no sense but um, you know there's having having just recently been in Denver I know that there's a lot of hip swinging folks that just like to make the scene don't care if that team's winning or not. So,
3: yeah.
0: When they when they were in the World Series in two thousand seven, very um, exciting. It was it was so exciting. They won twenty of twenty one games to close out the season to get into a play in game, and then they were I think they swept their first two teams that they played, and so they were waiting for the Red Sox and the Cleveland Indians to finish up their series. Um, I think they waited like 12 days for them to finish up their series because they had just blown through everybody else in the playoffs. Um, and they were, I think they were an out away from playing Cleveland in the World Series, which they would have, who they would have won. But then Boston ended up the winning that, winning the series and then came, coming through and sweeping the Rockies.
2: Uh, the Rockies were real competitive. Another year around there, right? Didn't yeah,
0: they? yeah. I think they were had been in so, the playoffs like three out of four years around that period of time.
2: What's Wash? What's Coach Washington's first name? Ron. Uh, Ron. Ron Washington. Uh, he was up there for a while, wasn't? He?
0: Not in Colorado, no.
2: When in Colorado? No. All right. My mistake
0: Don Baylor was the the manager of the Rockies the first manager who you might be thinking of
2: hey, no no okay are you suggesting that I'm confusing my African-american baseball managers uh Washington did uh, uh was managing the uh Texas Rangers the last time they were any good right
0: that's right yeah they had a great run
2: like 2011, 2012-ish. Mm-hmm. I think they made it to the World Series
0: um, under Ron Washington. Yeah. Tell them, tell it's incredibly tell him hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so go, go, going back to uh, our soccer talk, um, yeah, I think it'd be a blast to see either a, an EPL game or... or Something like that, EPL match or something. I think it it looks like a, a, a total blast. So
3: yeah, absolutely. They've got and it'd be interesting as well to see how the World Cup gets taken this time when it comes. It's going to be here, what twenty twenty six? I want to say
2: in America. Here in America,
3: yeah, I know Dallas is one of the host cities. I think Denver is as well. I thought it was anyway. Maybe, maybe that was one of the ones that missed out. But yeah, Dallas, the AT and T is going to be one of the host cities for. For the world cup which is going to be expanded from 32 to 40 teams that year so yeah that'd be interesting should be good
2: okay so what happens to to like the european regular leagues on a year when there's a world cup
3: well typically the world cup is always played in the summer um so it's that's at the end of the european season the european season typically ends in may world cup will happen end of June into July. Um, okay. But this year, because um, Qatar bought the World Cup, um, they're playing it in December because it's uh, clearly too hot to play soccer in 120, 130 degrees or whatever it gets to in Qatar in summer. So they're pausing the season.
2: <laughs> not By the way, not if you're coached by Bear Bryant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's it's funny that Qatar didn't really care about like the guys who were building the stadiums, like nope. <laughs> what season it was when they were performing this backbreaking work. But that's maybe yeah. uh, another topic for <laughs> another day.
3: Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, a lot of controversy lot, a lot of controversies about this World Cup. Um, the timing of it is the minimum of those controversies, unfortunately. Uh, so,
2: so if they're playing the World Cup in December in 2022 yes uh, is that does that infringe on the european league
3: <clears throat> yeah so they're in the leagues um so i think the world cup starts i want to say towards the end of november actually because england plays the usa in one of the matches and that's the day after thanksgiving um
2: black friday talk yes. about staying in your queue
3: exactly Um, so yeah so the European season is basically going to go on hold from I want to say maybe early November and then all the nations get together for their camps fly out to Qatar and yeah the World Cup starts and then the the season restarts in the Premier League at least pretty much um, four or five days after the World Cup finishes
4: uh, end of December
2: Brian, what's the National Hockey League do when I mean because they play six months, but certainly in, in uh the winter months it just goes into the spring? Um, what do they do on Olympic years? Do they like suspend did they not do they leave two or three weeks open for the Olympics?
0: Um so Last Olympics, they said that pro players will not be allowed to, to play. There, there's not going to be a break. So NHL so the, players did not did not participate in the Olympics.
2: Is that an Olympic rule or is that an
4: NHL rule?
0: I think it's an NHL rule.
4: Well, so if, if, if a Finn just wants to play for his national team, they can so what they just they can't
0: no no they can't you must you must stay in buffalo and play the st louis blues this weekend
4: <laughs> that doesn't sound right at all
2: okay. uh yeah
0: i don't know
2: i don't know Although <clears throat> hasn't, hasn't okay, so you know how I feel about the Olympics we've we've done a couple of them now, and I hate them. Uh, but I mean, haven't we had enough of like the pros just like creaming uh, amateur athletes? No, <laughs> it's interesting
1: because) <laughs>
3: in in the boxing at least in in the olympics you have to be an amateur you're not allowed to be a professional to compete and if you turn pro then you're not allowed to compete in the in boxing in the olympics anymore so it would it would make it more fun i mean america would still win the basketball <laughs> so it would just it would just be more, it would actually be competitive
2: don't be so sure the, the former yugoslavia represents and so does lithuania And and by incidentally, may I say that having traveled through Estonia, then Latvia, then Lithuania, the the people do get taller (laughs) as you travel south along the Baltic coast. Um, Estonians are are similar to Finns, but
0: so okay. So they didn't they didn't play in the last Olympics. The NHL going back very briefly. Uh, and they said it, it was because of COVID. They were like, COVID was was still rising, and so we don't want our season, our money maker, to be disrupted if a bunch of players get sick. So they wouldn't let let them do it. However, there is a uh, a collective bargaining agreement that has like a three week break for the Olympics. So there you go.
2: You don't want your money maker getting sick.
4: Okay, well, um
2: I'm sorry, I just can't think of a single other question to ask about football or which is to say soccer. i, I was I was hoping to talk about standing in line. I mean, I told you what it was like in in Ukraine, but um, do you think okay, so there's a couple of things if I may. I'm you know, I'm obviously urinating all over today's theme, which is European football. Um, uh, do you do you think, okay, so like you know, like if you were in the World Trade Center and you knew that like a plane had flown in, And the authorities were saying, no, 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 no. The fire department's here. They're working on it. It's going to be fine. Everybody stay where you are. I've thought about that sometimes. And I think on that day, I probably would have trusted the authorities and stayed put. I would never do that again. Uh, From now on, if, okay, and I'm not, I'm not making a joke out of this, but I mean, if something like that happens the building's on fire i'm going to work to get out of the building how do you how do you fellows feel
0: uh like you i think i probably would have been inclined to 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 stay and be like okay well the professionals are going to come and get us and and make a make a way out for us right i mean it's i think we're kind of conditioned to believe that mm-hmm. Um,
2: i I don't think everybody
0: is though i don't think so either um but but i think that i think i would have been yeah yeah if i I was there with my family i would be like no let's just let's just stay put somebody's going to come and get us
3: yeah um I, i think that's probably indicative of the time we live in now as well is that a lot of people just don't trust I think there was a lot more trust and faith maybe 20 years ago that the authorities were trying to do the right thing Um, for a lot of, particularly, but certainly, you know, obviously in British culture for sure, but even in in the UK, that's very different today than it was over 20 years ago. Absolutely.
2: So see, I, I would posit that people for whom the system broadly you know broadly the system uh works um have a tendency to trust it um y- you expect you know y- you expect some 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 reward or some fulfillment for your trouble of standing in line i you know and 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 there but, but people for whom and and whether that's marginalized groups or whatever uh for whom the system doesn't work i i don't think that they like they're more inclined to look for other remedies other than standing in line or don't tell me the fire department's coming they're not coming for me i'm out of here yeah Colin, okay, this is two episodes in a row that I've quoted Colin Quinn, but he did a thing about, um, I, I think it was Colin Quinn, just talking about the march of humanity across the the centuries. And he says, you know, we're all descended from the jerks. He says, you know, the people that wait in line, they're all dead. <laughs> you know, it's a guy's hud in line that that we're descended from, and I'm not I'm not sure that's quite true, but that actually sounds a little bit right to me. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's just stuff that it's just not worth it to me. I don't want to. I don't know. You think you, like you see these places where, like, w- water and food shows up in disaster areas, right? guys just like lose their lose their minds and they start punching each other for you know whatever and and then it's just it just becomes pandemonium anything I don't know I'm gonna get in that but then I've never seen my wife go hungry so maybe I'd feel different then the other thing is okay so we're so so as Americans we're like this different breed of cat, which is like kind of an offshoot of England, of Britain, of Britain, because there's a ton of Scots and Irish here, right? And in fact, the the Scots-Irish are their own breed of cat. And they're, yeah, they're, they're a different breed of cat. So um, if you look at like surnames, like if you look up places and Wikipedia, just pick a city most most Americans seem to be descended from uh, Irish, which could be Scots Irish or Germans. And 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 fellas, here we here we sit before you today.
0: <laughs> I
2: was about to
0: say, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the grim Lunsfords can agree with that. <laughs> so, isn't
4: Lunsford Swedish? English, English. Ah, is that what they told you?
3: Paul. I yeah, sounds English. I would I would, I would have it it's it was spelled with a D at the end, right? Yeah. yeah a D at, yeah. yeah, that sounds English. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah, there's no J in there. <laughs> I was
3: thinking of a, a Lund Fjord.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: Lundsvist would be like a, a, a
2: scandalous name. Yeah, I'm Lunds <laughs> Anyway, anyway, one of one of the things that I've seen, and I've I, I I've seen it with my own eyes, and I've had it verified by by other Europeans. It's like there are there are people who get the job done. Um Germans get the job the Brits get the job done but they're they're tight they're pretty tight folks who don't allow for a lot of -of out-of-the-box thinking or uh what do you call it having fun (laughs) And, and and I think that one of the things that over the 20th century and you know, and 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 I haven't traveled abroad in 20 years. Um, but I mean, all over the world, they kind of dig the Americans because they get the job done and they have fun while they're doing. Yeah, yeah I concur. Yeah. Uh, w- <laughs> uh, okay. Um, by the way, speaking of all over the world. We've got a listener in New South Wales, Australia. How do you like that? Also United Arab Emirates. So I I don't know what we've said that's playing there, but thank you. Uh, And then we've got um, uh, New Zealand.
3: Wow. Welcome.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, A lot of, a lot of listeners in Texas uh then like new york uh colorado's kind of been a weak suck lately that's what that's what they say on the farm when like an animal's kind of small and can't get in and mother's teeth
0: okay thanks for breaking that down i was wasn't sure (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you did i'm glad you said teat because otherwise i would have been lost (laughs)
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Managing Expectations podcast. Our theme today has been soccer and teats. (laughs) I'm Jeff Winger On on behalf of Brian Grimm and Paul Southern. Thank you. Good
4: day.